This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. You've got your Bibles with you. We're going to be Genesis chapter 22. But have you ever heard the name Jehovah Jireh before? Yahweh Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who will provide, God who provides. And this morning, that's what I want to really look at and focus on. And of course, um, there's no better place to start than the place that we hear that name the first time. And that's in Genesis chapter 22, Jehovah Jireh, God will provide. And I guess for us as a church... Over the past few weeks and months, we've experienced this firsthand. It's been nice to go on this journey together because we've seen it, we've touched it, we've felt it, we've knocked a hole through it, and we've said, okay, God, if this is what you want, then provide a way for that to happen. And that's exactly what he did. He gave John a claw hammer, and the rest is history. God will provide. It was probably my claw hammer, to be fair. He tends to borrow kit and don't put it back. But now I've heard it, all right? I've heard it. I've heard it. But we as a church have experienced firsthand God's provision. And it's a wonderful thing to do is to look back and look at what God's done. You know, we've been here eight or so years. Is it about that? Almost eight years this year. Time flies, doesn't it? It blows my mind, really. We have a lady on our front row who was one of the first to get baptised at Hope Church. Give everybody a wave, Jojo. <laughs> and this is it, you see. You know, all these years later, God is still doing what God does, and he always provides. He blesses us in ways that I think sometimes we don't actually realise have happened. Anybody else guilty of that, that it just day-to-day happens, and you think, just another day. But actually, God has given us the very air that we breathe, the things that we so quickly take for granted, those people around us that love us, that care for us, that want the best for us. The very fact that, as I've said this before so many times, and I can't let spring go by without saying there are 22 different varieties of daffodil. Blows my mind every time. Why? Just one will do. But of course it won't, will it? Because God says, I want to give my very best for you. And that's what we see in the scripture this morning in Genesis chapter 22. We first pick the name up um, as Abraham and the story of Abraham and Isaac, his son, his his precious son, the, the, the promised son that God said, you will have a child. And, and here we see God saying, okay, Abraham, I'm going to put you to the test. What I want you to do is bring your child to me. And you can imagine Abraham's mind going, can't you? What is going off? The Bible tells us, as um, Rachel's read for us there, that not only does Abraham listen, not only does he do what God has asked him to do, but it says early in the morning, Abraham got up and he got the, the wood ready. I don't know about you, but that'd be a day I'd have a lie in. I would have a lion on that day. Oh, I missed my alarm. I'm ever so sorry. It'd be one of those days where, you know, when you sort of, the moment that you get out of bed, you're kicking leaves, aren't you? It'd be tomorrow morning, everybody, all right? 
unless, of course, you retired. <clears throat> How I've held that, I'll never know. But Abraham, in faith and obedience, does as God has directed him to do. And he steps out and he goes to the place that God has directed him to go. And he says, okay, God, if you want Isaac, then he is yours. He binds him up on the altar. And just as he's about to come down with the knife, God says, whoa, 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 don't harm him. Says in verse 12, look of 22, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And this is where the provision comes in. Abraham looked up, verse 13, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And this morning, as we just try and soak that up um, on the, the text that I've put across there, that God will provide, I've underlined the will because so often we think he might do. Anybody else in that bracket? Well, God might do. He, he may well look after us. He may well always be there. He might just provide. But the Bible says that God will provide. The Lord will provide. And we need to underline that in our minds because if our faith and obedience is in the right place, if we're doing what the Lord has called us to do, we can have no doubt that God will do the rest. Amen? And this is the God we worship. He's not a God of maybes or a God of, eh, depends how I feel. He's nothing like you and me, thankfully. But rather he's a God who says what he means. And when he says what he says, make sure it will happen. And this is the joy of Scripture. I unlocked, unlocked something this morning that I've not seen before, which ties into our Bible study. I was in this passage, and it ties into our Bible study. It's opened up the whole of Judges for me. I'll share that with you. This is why you've got to be there on Wednesday. I'll be very upset now. I need one of those uh, theme tunes, like a cliffhanger moment. Doom, 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 them. You know the one. You know the one. But God here says to Abraham, I'm going to provide for you and I'm going to open up a way that you never even thought possible. But the first thing I want you to do, Abraham, is to step in faith and obedience. And we see God doing this all the way through the scriptures. It's not just here in Genesis, but it's all the way through. You think of Joseph. You think of Joshua and David. And then, of course, let's go to the New Testament. Let's not just think it's isolated to the Old Testament that God provides. Let's go to the New Testament. And you think about the disciples. Time after time after time, Jesus was there doing what needed to be done and provided for their needs and all those around them. And God says, I will always provide. Just step. It's the most simple thing, yet the most difficult, isn't it? To actually let go and to step. I believe that what we see is not, not just that God will provide in the story of Abraham, but I believe there's a pattern with how this works for you and for me today, where God provides that faith and obedience have to be in play. Often, perhaps you're different, but there are times when I know that I'm 
not where I'm supposed to be. My mind's all over the place. I'm probably where I shouldn't meant to be. And God said, look, I want you to be over here and I'm over here. You're all far too good for that. And I expect God to just do it. Come on, let's, let's just do it. And he's going, no, no, because you're meant to be over there. I, I've told you, don't try and put the mezzanine floor up. Go through the wall. But the truth of the matter is that we have to be in a position where faith and obedience are playing out in our lives. And this is the key, that if we want to see the Lord's will in our life, and it's a question that I guess from the very youngest right through to the very oldest Christian would be, what is God's will for my life? And the comeback to that is read his word. Because in his words, you cannot deny that God tells us so many different things that we need to be doing, that we need to open our eyes to. Matthew 28, go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Yeah, but I'm not a preacher. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and live for Jesus day to day. Amen? Go and live for him. Don't just come on a Sunday and think that that'll do it. It won't. Our life is meant to be immersed so much so that we're overflowing with Christ. And if that's the case on a Monday morning when somebody's gossiping about something, we don't need to get involved. I don't need to get involved in that nonsense. In fact, what I want to do is go into that and speak love because the very love of Christ overflows us and we're immersed in all that God has got for us. And I'm a practical person, so I know that that's not simple. It sounds simple. And when you stand at the front and you preach, perhaps you can make it look and sound real simple and you can go away and think, well, I can't do that. I know we struggle because I'm made of the same stuff as you are. And I know full well that when tomorrow morning comes, it's Monday morning, I'm kicking leaves from the moment I get out of bed. Ten past five, my alarm will go off, unless the Lord returns or he calls me home. (laughs) Here I am, Lord. Either way, if that's not the case, then I will be up at ten past five in the morning and I will be kicking the leaves and I'll think to myself, oh, I've got to cling on to something. What am I going to cling on to? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cling on to that over there. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm going to say, okay, Lord, whatever we've got today, whatever you've got planned, then help me, Lord, to walk in your will. And I know I'm going to fall off the wagon. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to do things wrong. But, Lord, please help me to realize them real quick, not to just get immersed in nonsense, but actually to stand firm for you. And when the nonsense comes about that I know that that's not good for me and that I can rise above it, help you to come out of me. These are the things that we need to be living out in our lives, speaking to the Lord day to day. The word tells us to pray without ceasing. That's real difficult. Anybody thought that? You know, if you shut your eyes on the way down the A46 or the M1 and you're driving, major issue. But what's the word telling us there? That it's a conversation with God. Day to day that I don't stop communication with him. Because the moment I stop talking to him, the moment I stop recognizing and understanding where I'm meant to be. And if I stop talking, much like to my wife, and we stop talking, perhaps she's told me I've done something wrong. It's possible. Okay, it's very possible. It's very possible. But I know that in those moments that that communications broke down and there's a bit of heartache there. There's a bit of disappointment there. And what do you do about that? We have to go back and say, sorry. 
And it is tough, especially when you know you're not wrong. (laughs) Of course, that never happens for me. I always know I am wrong. And I go back and I say, sorry, and this is it with God. You know, I've drifted, Lord. I know I've done something wrong. I know I shouldn't have said what I just said. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Set me back on the path. And you know, if that happens every 10 minutes, then it happens every 10 minutes. But we learn and we learn and we keep growing and we keep serving him. And we ask the Lord to shape us and to mold us into what he wants us to be. Amen. You know, and when we see these stories in scripture, we can't help but just be astounded by the faith and obedience that's on display. But you've got to understand and recognize that there's a day-to-day journey that would have happened for Abraham, for him to have this faith in God. That time after time, he's seen God's faithfulness in his life. And as a church, we look back over eight years and we see God's faithfulness every single time. We don't know what we're doing. God does. God does. There are often times when we look at things and we like, we have conversations and we're like, what next? And God says, this is what I want you to do. This is how it's going to work. And this is the same for you and me that we see his faithfulness in our lives, maybe over 20 years being saved, maybe just a year, maybe 60 years of being saved, but whatever it might be that we have that backlog of God's faithfulness. And we draw strength from that because we know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. We see his hand in our lives and in situations. And this is the joy of looking back. Reflective practice. Very good. Very good. That actually we look back and go, this is what God's done. Has he got tomorrow? Well, you bet he has. How can I be so sure? Well, because he had yesterday. And he's got today. And if I think back a week, well, he had that as well. In fact, God has always been faithful and he's never let me down yet. And our experience tells us that God is a God who will provide. But what we have to do and what we see from Scripture is we have to step in faith and obedience. And my question, I guess, for us this morning is... What at times, there are things on there that we hold back. And when I, I say this, and, I, and, and I'm going to go to a story briefly just in Acts chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. Um, it's a read. Have a read when you get chance. But what it is, you see, is that we as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, so often we can hold things back. Now, If I said to you, do you hold back from God? In your mind, you'll go, oh, no. Oh, no. You'll even have your hand here, look. Look at that. Oh, no. But I know full well, because you're made of the same stuff, remember, that you do, because I do. And I hold just a little bit back. And there are times when I look at my life and I go, Lord, what's happened here? And he said, you didn't give it to me. You did not give it to me. We have to give our all to Christ. We have to give our all to him. We can't hold something back. And if we do, you see, in our minds we're saying, don't do anything silly. Anybody else say that to themselves on a daily basis? Don't do anything silly. Don't go all in just in case you get hurt. Oh, that is so common. (laughs) Don't. Go all in just in case you get hurt. And the truth is that the, the excuses, they all sound real legitimate. And we can make them sound fantastic. 
Lord, I would do that, but you know, I've got this and, you know, thinking about all these things in my life, you know, I'm just, just going to be careful. And we're wholly convinced to hold back perhaps our time, to hold back our finance, to hold back our talent, to hold back that God-given gift. And we hold it back. But the truth in our heart is this. And don't think it's anything else. Go away and think about it. The truth is, what if God hasn't got it? What, What if he hasn't got it? And that's the only thing that holds us back. And God says to me, Matthew, look back over the 17 years you've been alive. (laughs) Just making sure you're listening. (laughs) Look back over those years, Matthew, and see that I've been faithful. See that I've blessed you. See that I've looked after you and cared for you. Sure, you've had your moments, Matthew. (laughs) But I've never failed you. Stop holding something back. And Ananias and Sapphira were guilty of that, that they held something back. And the truth is that their heart was completely wrong. And this is the key for us this morning, that if we want God to provide, the God who will provide, then we have to give our all to him. Not 90%, not 99%. Church, not even 99.99999 reoccurring percent, 100%. 100%. Because if we give our all to God, church, we can see from his word, we can testify as a church, and I'm sure we can testify as individuals that when we give our all to God, he does not let us down. He will always, but always, but always come through on his promises, and he will provide. And I know, you know, regardless of of perhaps your opinion this morning, because I'd like to chat to anybody who thinks that God won't provide. Come see me, because I want to I want to unlock that with you. I want to have those conversations, because the truth is that if we're not having those conversations, then perhaps we're not doing enough. Perhaps we're not pushing enough. Perhaps we're not asking the right things. You see, we have to let ourselves go and allow God to do what needs to be done. And I know from my own experience that God will always provide. And he says that to his church that I will provide. He says that to you this morning. Don't think I'm talking to the person left or right or front or back. But you... God will provide to you if you allow him and you give your all to him. He tells us to hold nothing back. He said to Abraham, because you have not withheld your son. And that's the key. Because you've not withheld your son. Because you've given me your all, Abraham, then I will give you my all. And listen to the promise that Abraham gets, verse 17. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their names. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. What does it say? Where's offspring? This word here should be seed. S-E-E-D. Go back to the original, and it says this, and through your seed, all nations on earth will be blessed. You have to come to Bible study to find out why that's important. We've seen God provide as a church. 
because we're all in. Not because we're anything, but because we've said, God, you're in control. We've held nothing back. And I want to just share something with you. Uh, June, hopefully you won't mind me saying this. I haven't even checked. But you, we'll, we'll be fine. A few weeks ago, just before we started the renovations, June and I had a, just a, an off-the-cuff conversation before church started on the Sunday morning. Uh, and it was about uh, some legal fees that we'll have to pay. Apparently, because we're taking a 10-year lease and because of the, 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 uh, the size of the rent, then we have to do uh, stamp duty and land tax, which we just have to fill out some paperwork and then the solicitor does the rest. June and I had a conversation. We talked about the future fund. In that future fund is £702. I can share that with you. It's free information. You can log on to the charities.gov and have a look. But that future fund is £702. And June and I said, well, let's leave that and we'll, we'll see what the, the solicitor's fees are going to be. So we did all the renovations. God provided mind-blowingly. We'll go through that as a church when we get a chance. I won't call it a business meeting, though. We'll call it family lunch. I'll sucker you in and then I'll talk, <laughs> and then I'll talk numbers and figures to you. But we, we said, oh, let's just leave that and let's find out. And, and then we've got something at least set aside for the legal fees. I got the information through. We've got to sign the paperwork. John and I and Alistair's got to sign it as he's on the trust. How much do you think it is? 700 quid. Of course it is. We go, I looked at it and was like, blimey, that's a kicker. How are we paying for that? And then God went, you put that aside. I was like, no, we haven't. Yeah, we have, haven't we? And that's what God does. We look at things and we go, what? How is that possible? And God goes, don't worry. I've got it all in hand. I have got it all in hand. He will always, but always, but always underline the will, provide. Amen. And so we have to think about this, God's ultimate provision. Tell me what that is. Salvation through Jesus Christ. Church this morning, that is ultimate provision. Because for you and me, we were on our way to a Christless eternity. And God said, I will provide that perfect lamb. Think about the story of Isaac and think about the tie-in in scripture when God says I will provide for you this morning remember you this morning that I will provide that perfect lamb for you in his wonderful and perfect provision God has held nothing back he's given his very best in Jesus but church too that requires us to put our faith in him that requires us to put our faith in him. Not just a, oh yeah, I believe. But no, to say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Lord, forgive me. Come into my heart and change me. Such simple words, but church, they're the most important words. And that is why we are here as a church. We're not here because the seats are comfy or it's nice and warm in here. Maybe it looks quite good. We're here because it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ and people need to see and hear about God's perfect provision. We have booklets. 
that if you're too afraid to ask me the questions, then have a look, have a read. This book's called Why Jesus, and it's very much worth a read. Please take one. There are some out on the, uh, in the foyer. <clears throat> but you can take one and have a read. But church, please, I would encourage you to look and to understand and see that God is the God who provides. And if you're available on Wednesday, there is no pressure. But if you're available on Wednesday, then I'd love you to come along. And if you're not available on Wednesday because work reasons or whatever, we'll make sure that we record it. And I would ask you to listen over the next few weeks as we go through weakness and strength. Because what that will help us do is root ourselves in the very word of God so that we can keep moving forward for him. Let's just pray and then we'll worship together. Father God, we just want to thank you that you are the God who provides that you've given us the best gift in your son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that you might help us to give our all to you. Father, to hold nothing back and being secure in the knowledge that you will provide. Father, please help us to stay close to you, to fix our eyes on you and to not get distracted. And Lord, I pray that you might speak to our hearts this morning and that hearts might be renewed and that lives might be given to you, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.